text and said, Elder, you just mention the word. You just say one word and I'll, I'll be home tomorrow. Because I'm, I'm, I'm submitted to him. I love him. He's, he is a, a great part of my life and, and uh, I'm honored uh, that he is my pastor. And uh, how many thankful for your pastor in your life? We want to say it's really good to see all the visitors. Amen. Good to see you, brother. Good to see your wife here. Amen. Can't see a lot of you. Some of y'all are sitting there, but hopefully we can get everyone to stand. You would stand in honor of the reading of the word of the Lord. Praise God. And if you would remain standing, I have I have a question I want to ask. Uh, right at the end of the reading of the word. I want to turn to the book of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 starting in verse 6. You know, we we are so honored to be here again with you. Looking forward to seeing someone receive the Holy Ghost today. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. If you don't know what that is, that's the Spirit of God indwelling, living inside of you. I mean, that great God that created all things, heaven, earth, everything you see, hear, smell, know, and touch. Uh, God made that by the divine power of His Word. And that almighty God wants to live in your heart. And uh, without that, without that spirit in your soul, uh, without that spirit living inside of you, Uh, You're going to search high and low. You're going to search deep and wide. You're going to search short and far for something to satisfy your soul. Uh, Can the church say amen? Amen. And so until you receive that Holy Ghost, until you receive the power of God, uh, you will not be satisfied. You will not be satisfied in life. Amen. You know, it's a, it's a deal. It's a deal. And we, we endeavor in life to fulfill the hungers in life through, through drugs and alcohol and all these other things. Illicit relationships. We, and uh, nothing satisfies the soul right. except the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. So if I can ask for everyone's attention, can I have everyone's attention today? We'd like we'd like to talk to you today from our hearts. Amen. Praise God. We want to see God do something in the house. Amen. Praise amen. God. Amen. Can the church say amen? Amen. Praise God. Jesus speaking here in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 6, the Bible says. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Man, that's an awesome, that's an awesome statement that our Lord makes. And from there I'd like to turn to of the book of John, chapter 4. John chapter 4, starting in verse 13. Praise God. John chapter 4, starting in verse 13. The Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall Thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Everyone say, never thirst. Never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up 
into everlasting life. Praise God. But the water I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And one more portion of scripture. I know you're standing, but if you would just turn a couple pages to uh, the book of John chapter 7. John chapter 7, starting in verse 37. I want to I want to read the first this first verse, John 37 uh, in the chapter of 7. John 37 John the 7th verse in the chapter 7. The Bible says in the last day the great day of the feast. Everyone say in the last day. In the last day. The great day of the feast. This was a special moment in time that that the writer wrote these specific words. It meant the last event, the last time on the last day of the specific feast where something significant was going to happen. And it interjects here in the middle of this verse and tells us, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him to come unto me, let him come unto me, let him come unto me and drink. Amen. And drink. Amen. Let him come unto me and drink. Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, if you would hold them close to your hearts, and you would pray with us, God. God, in the name of Jesus. Would you touch every soul? God, God? I pray you would talk yes. to us. Would you satisfy yes. every thirst in the house? Would you reach and minister, God, in this house? Would you speak to every soul? Would you work, God, a work in Jesus' name? We're hungry and thirsty for you, God, to do a work, God. And we're praying, God, that you would fill every soul in the house with the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, I pray, I pray, I pray, God, let it be, spoken in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance have a seat have a seat if you have the Holy Ghost have a seat praise God praise God well I tell you what today's message is dedicated to you if you're wondering who I'm preaching to I'm preaching to you because God wants to do a work in your life today God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. God wants to give you His power. Amen. Can the church say amen? amen? Praise God. God bless you. you may be seated. Praise God. Matthew 5 said that the blessed, that those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness uh, are blessed because they will be filled with the power of God. They will be filled with his righteousness, they shall be filled. I'm not talking about man's righteousness today. I'm not talking about the do's and don'ts of the Bible. I'm not talking about uh, our standard. But uh, I am talking about God's righteousness. Man's righteousness is as filthy rags to God. Our righteousness can never compare to the righteousness that God has for the saints. Can you say amen? amen? I'm speaking of the righteousness that comes from Almighty God. It's more than keeping uh, your clothesline right. It's more than just what you do or what you don't do. Uh, even just in church, we, we want to be consistent in life. And so uh, the way we dress at church is the same way we ought to dress at home. It's a, a lifestyle for us, but I'm not talking about that specific kind of righteousness. I'm talking about dying at an altar of repentance and 
being buried in Jesus' name when you go down in the waters of baptism. I'm talking about receiving the baptism of the Spirit of God into your life when you uh, receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. Can somebody say amen? amen? I'm talking about that righteousness that will change your life forever. That righteousness that comes in to a life of a soul who is hungry and thirsty for Almighty God to do something in their spirit to change them irrevocably. That's the spirit. That's the righteousness that I'm talking about today. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. When you get this righteousness, it's easy to turn from sin and turn towards God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Second Samuel chapter 23, starting in verse 13. The Bible says, And three of the thirty chief went down and came to David in the harvest time unto the cave of Adullam. Praise God. Let me turn there. Let's all turn there in your scripture if you would. They came to this cave. They came to uh, David, the king, and we talked a little bit about this the other day, but for the sake of those that weren't here, I want you to get a hold of the lesson that this particular verse has for us. It talks about David then in a hole in the time of the harvest, and his mighty men came to him, and the troop of the Philistines was pitched. In the valley of Rephaim, and David was then in a hold, and the garrison of the Philistine was then in Bethlehem. These were the enemies to Almighty God. David was in this cave. David was uh, running, and David was hiding from the enemy. And without going into great detail of the past here, the Bible tells us that between where he was and where Bethlehem was, it is a 13 mile journey and right in the middle of this valley there was the troop of the Philistine the enemy to uh, the God's people was there in this valley and David longed the Bible says David longed and said oh that one would give me to drink of the well of the uh, Bethlehem which is by the gate and the verse that we read in your hearing verse 13 tells us that the garrison of the Philistine was then in Bethlehem. So we understand that David's whole uh, avenue of approach to Bethlehem and his hunger and his desire and thirst for the water at the well of Bethlehem's gate was going to be hindered by the truth that was there in the valley and hindered by the garrison that was there also at the uh, city of Bethlehem. And so David longed and had this desire. We know that he was in the cave and he would never jeopardize his men's life. We understand that David loved his mighty men. and He was an older gentleman at this time and David grew up on the backside uh, of his father's field feeding the sheep and taking care of the sheep. And God called him out of the sheepfold to be the king, but this is later on in life, and David was an old man, and he was running for his very existence, and in this cave in life, he's there, he's there, he's there, and somehow during the progress of uh, this time when he was there in the cave, he expressed, he got out somewhere, sometime, I don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us other than he was just in the cave. And when he was there, he said, Oh, that one would give me to drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. He had a hunger. He had a thirst. He had an unsatisfactory feeling inside of him that tells us that he was thirsty. Praise God. Many instances in our Bible, Psalms 42, 1 and 2, uh, Psalm 63 and 1, Psalm 73 and 25, Psalm 119 and 20 and 81, uh, chapter 143 and 6, David specifically expresses his hunger and thirst after God, his desire and 
craving for the almighty God, the spirit of almighty God in his life. And there's somebody in the house that has been searching high and low. There's somebody under the sound of my voice that's unsatisfied with life, whether it be drugs or alcohol or, bit, uh, or boys or girls or certain situations or, or, or whatever it is that you've searched for to try to satisfy that emptiness in your heart. God is here today yes. to satisfy your thirsty soul. Praise God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Amen. Yes, he is. Amen. And David thirsted and said, oh, that one would give me to drink of the water of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. David longed, and the word long means to yearn, to hanker, to pine, to hunger, to have a strong desire for something. Long implies a wishing with one's whole heart and often striving to attain. To yearn suggests an eager, restless, or painful longing. He said, not cry out. He may have whispered it. He said it under his breath somehow. The Bible said, he said all that one would give me to drink. He said it. There's significance in the scripture when uh, they, they have, uh, the scripture narrators tell us when somebody cried or when they just said a word. And so this gives us a little insight here. It doesn't say that David let his whole uh, men know. It doesn't say that he told everybody in the cave. It didn't say that he went around talking to all the men. But the Bible just slips that little verse in there and said, oh, that one would give me to drink. David said it somehow. I have to use my imagination and think somehow that David was in this cave and I'm, I'm thinking that he's looking at all of his men and he doesn't want to jeopardize their lives and have them risk their lives for him and he knew that those men were devoted to him. He knew that they had a revelation of a leader. He knew that they uh, respected and honored the very a ground that he walked on. They considered him the light of Israel. They looked at David as their king. They looked at him as the light of, of the future of Israel. They looked at David uh, like we should look at our pastor. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. They, the David knew this. So I can only imagine that David was there in this hole, he's there in the cave, and there's no light in the cave, and, and so they've got to light fires, and I can just imagine that maybe David was there after the fire would started to go out late at night, and he's, he's there, and he's laying on his back, and he's praying, and maybe he's talking to God, and maybe he thought that everybody was asleep because the fire's going down, and David's laying there, and something comes out of David, and He's probably thinking about when he was a young man, when he used to take the sheep to Bethlehem's gate and he would reach into that well with the bucket and then he'd put his hand in that bucket and feed his precious sheep. He was thinking back when there was a time that was peaceful. He was thinking back when there was a time without war. He was thinking back when everything was peaceful in his life and he said, oh, that one would give me to drink of the well of the waters of the of Beth, which is at Bethlehem's gate. David Long, David Long, David said, oh, 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 and there's somebody under the sound of my voice. There's somebody here in this house that has a longing, that has a desire to satisfy your soul that you would never, never thirst again. Praise God. And God is here in this house today to satisfy your soul. Hallelujah to God. The Bible said, and the three mighty men break through the host of the Philistines. These men broke through through that valley. They fought their way in. They fought their way through that gate. They, they slew all those enemies. They dipped their buckets into that water. They fought their way back out. They fought their way through the valley and they presented that water to David. When I was 20 years old, I, I had been told about the Holy Ghost. And uh, 
in a Bible study. And I had an elder who was long gone now. And this elder told me, he said, he gave me his testimony. I received the Holy Ghost and told me all the Bible has for us, for those that receive the Holy Ghost. Those that are hungry for the Holy Ghost. Man, if it was in the Bible, I wanted it. I'm telling you, I was so hungry and thirsty for God. How many remember when you was a new convert? I'm telling you, I wanted Bible study all the time. I want, I, li- I wanted preaching. I wanted reading the Bible. I wanted praying. I wanted prayer meetings. I wanted church all the 24/7. I wanted to go to church when I was when I was brand new in God. And so at this time, I'm telling you, I was so hungry for more of God. What I ended up doing was, I ended up, uh, I ended up praying and uh, going to the altar. Man, I'd come down every time my pastor would preach. I'd come down to the altar and I would pray my 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 guts out. I would I would pray my heart out. I would cry until there were no more tears to cry. I would seek God. I'd come down here and I would pray. I would pray. I would pray. I pray. And I could not get the Holy Ghost for nothing. I I wanted just like the Bible said. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to get baptized. That's what I need to do. I need to get baptized. And so my pastor arranged it to one of this these older gentlemen, 85 years old, wanted to get baptized also. And so my pastor had been teaching in Bible studies. And so we ended up getting baptized the same day. And that gentleman came out of the water. And as soon as he came, 85 years just came out of the water. Boom. Speaking in tongues. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. It was a wonderful testimony to me. And had some friends there with me. And I thought, man, this is awesome. This is my time. So I jumped in that water. I was all on fire, man. I, I wanted to go down to Jesus. Didn't want to get my sins washed away. That's what happens when you get baptized in Jesus. Right? You get all of your sins washed away by his blood. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And they're washed into the sea of forgetfulness. And God will never remember those sins ever again. Can the church say amen? Amen. And so I I had that understanding. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to get baptized in Jesus' name. That's that's what I'm going to do. And this gentleman comes out of the water speaking in tongues. And I thought, my God, I said, this is awesome. Holy Ghost is here. I'm going to get the Spirit of God today. I went down. I came up. I shouted. I worshiped God. But I didn't get it that day. Man, I'm telling you, I was disappointed. You know what God was doing? God was teasing me. (laughs) Hey, he'll always satisfy hunger. He'll always satisfy thirst. If you want him more than anything, God will satisfy that hunger. You search his word. Anytime anybody ever pressed through the crowd, broke through the ceiling, or cried out to God, be satisfied by God. Yes, he did. Man, I had nothing to lose. I had no pride. I had nothing. I was so thirsty. I was so hungry. I wanted to get into his presence so bad and let him fill me with the Holy Ghost. Man, I... I, I began to on a quest, man. I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. Every service, man, I prayed at home. I paced the floor. Man, I was fighting sin, fighting temptation. And I thought, man, I, I, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm thirsty for. I need the Holy Ghost. And I heard everybody's testimony. I go around and say, Paul, tell me your testimony. Brother Camarena, tell me what happened. How did you get the Holy Ghost? Brother, sister, tell me what happened. How did you get it? And everybody told me the same story. Man, they repented to God. They cried out to God. God came down and filled them with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak a heavenly language. And that just even intensified my hunger. I thought, man, i got to have the power of God. Jesus said, all power, heaven and earth is, in, is given unto me. And he said, if you get the Holy Ghost, that's Jesus living in you. Amen. Amen. Man, there, oh, there's only one way to overcome sin. There's only one power in this life that can overcome sin. And that's through the power of of the Holy Ghost. Right. Praise God. You say you can't kick your problem. You say I've got no solution. I've tried over and over. There's nothing that can help me. God is in this house today. Yes. To help you. Yes. To help you overcome. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? And man I'm telling you. I was only 20 years old. But I lived a long 20 years old. I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot. I'm not going to go tell an old story. But I've been through a lot. And I was praying. Man, I'm telling you, I was seeking God. 
And uh, especially after I got baptized, nothing happened. I mean, I felt tingles and I felt the glory of God and I cried, but I didn't I didn't speak in tongues. And so day after day, about 10 days, 10 days straight after I got baptized, man, I'm I'm late. I, I, I was with my buddy and we were doing some stuff and we came home and I, I was just defeated. I was I was totally and completely demoralized. I thought. I thought, man, God doesn't want to give a sinner like me the Holy Ghost. I'm too dirty. I'm too filthy. There's, there's no way that God wants to give someone like me the, the Holy Ghost. I just don't deserve it. I'm just, I'm just so crummy. I'm just the, the lowest of the low. I'm looking up to see the bottom, laying in my bed in the middle of the night. And uh, I don't know, about 12 o'clock in the morning. Oh, I was broken I, because I was so thirsty. I was so thirsty for God. I was so thirsty for Him. And I, I just laid there on my back and I just said, God, you don't want to give nobody like me the Holy Ghost. I don't deserve the Holy Ghost. And I said, but I'm just going to praise you anyway. And, I, and you know what I did? I just started praising God. I just started giving him praise right on my back, laying down. I was just laying there saying, God, I praise you. God, I love you. God, I thank you. You're so good. And in five minutes, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Right there in my room. that 630 years later in the city of David another king arose a Benjamin born in the gate of Bethlehem's manger I'm talking about Jesus the Christ this man came and stood in the midst of the people and said if any man thirst on the feast of the tabernacles a pinnacle point of this particular feast and said let him come unto me and drink he that believeth on me 
as the scripture has said. Uh, my God, is someone hearing me today? Amen. Is someone hearing me today? Amen. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost wants to come in to somebody's heart in this place. Amen. If you would let him. I want to tell you about this specific feast, the Feast of Tabernacles. God required the Jew to make the pilgrimage to Jerusalem three times a year for different feasts. Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. This was a very important a feast and occasion unto the Lord. They were to they were required to live in booths for seven days as a solemn assembly, and on the eighth day was the pinnacle point of this specific feast. The Jewish temple in Jerusalem during Jesus' day was built to accommodate thousands of worshipers from all over the world. During special occasions at different dates each year, there were feasts that were observed. Uh, and celebrated as part of Jewish culture and religious life. Outside of the folks that came to see the marvel of the huge structure which encapsulated the mountain, hundreds of worshipers would gather daily, sometimes in small bands with prayer requests or petitions for their great God, Jehovah. Other times it would be the aged old elders or mothers of Zion that would come daily to the temple to pray and dance before the Lord. There were times when parents would make long trips across the plains of Israel to present their newborn children to the priest. There were preachers and teachers in the porticos to be heard. Animals being led by ropes or in, the, in cages to the feet of the priests for offerings. During these times, if you were there, you could hear many preachers and teachers in the porticos. On this particular occasion, speaking of John chapter 7 in verse 39, it was the feast of tabernacles, seven days of remembering what it was like to live in tents as their forefathers did in the wilderness for 40 years. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise also to give thanks for the harvest of fruit and crops of the past year. The eighth day was the highlight of the feast with a solid day of nothing but worship and praise and prayer. Multiple offerings were made in succession as the faithful gathered in close to the temple proper. The temple looked like a castle which had been hewn into the mountain with walls that seemed uh, to touch the sky. It was comprised of three courts, one smaller than the other and each in its proper place within each other. First the outer court, the court of Gentiles, uh, historians tell us that the court of Gentiles was almost a one mile square. The largest of the three where everyone would have to pass through to get to the temple proper. This is the farthest or closest a Gentile could get to the presence of God. But there was a small wall built surrounding the outside of the temple structure called the Soaring. This wall was a four foot wall and had many openings. But at each opening, there was a temple guard set there to block the entrance of anyone that was not a Jew. The first court was the court of women, the closest that a Jewish woman could get to the presence of God. It was there also that the treasury had its place. The inner court was the court of Israel, where the brazen altar was at the foot of the steps into the holy place. It was there that these verses find our Lord praying and pacing with the Israeli men and priests of Israel. On the 15th day that uh, this celebration of the 22nd uh, month, summertime, it was hot. They were required to pray and worship in the temple by day. They were required to fast from morning to sundown and then the feast. It was a summer day. It was hot. Everyone was thirsty. They were required to live in booths and tents for the first seven days. There were people there from all over the world. Jews and Gentiles. Jewish convert called proselytes. They traveled hundreds and some thousands of miles to get there. Some came 
for the whole eight days and other only for the last day. But all had to be there at the great day, the great day of the feast. For it was the last day that a special event happened. After the sacrifices were made and the priest would take a golden cistern and dip it into the waters of the pool of Siloam and parade it through the temple courts of, especially into the court of Gentiles, past the wall of partition into the treasury, through the court of Israel into the court of priests and up the 15 steps of the altar to pour out the water unto the brazen altar fire that burned there for everyone to see for a libation or washing of water to serve as a drink offering unto the Lord. Everyone following me so far. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the These walls separated the born and raised Jew from everyone else. We're talking about the middle wall of partition. The Jewish convert was kept outside. Thousands of families made trips over deserts, over mountains, over hot valleys, even though they could never see the sacrifices being made because they were born Gentiles. They could never see the water poured out onto the altar. They could never see the women dancing or praying or singing their songs in the court of women. They would gather just out this, this small walls, the walls of perdition. That's the nearest they could get to the altar. They could hear the men of Israel singing and worshiping and shouting and praying with all their hearts. Oh, how the Gentiles longed to get in to the temple proper. Oh, how the Gentiles desired to get as close as they could, but they could only get close enough just to hear what was going on inside the temple. They could only get that close. They would travel miles. They'd bring the families. They'd take the babies. They'd take them. They'd take them. They'd take them. And they'd show them what was going on. They could hear the sacrifices. They could hear the priests praying. They could hear the women singing the songs, but they couldn't get in because there's a four-foot wall that kept them away. Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus broke down the middle wall of partition when he died for us on Calvary. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, God. When the priest made his way up the steps of the altar, all the people fell to their faces in worship. And just as the priest begins to pour out the water, the Bible says Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall come rivers of living water. Praise God. Praise God. I'm telling you, Jesus is in the house today to satisfy your thirst. Let's all stand. Man, I skipped over a whole bunch. I hope I didn't bore anybody today. But I'm telling you, God wants to satisfy your thirsty soul. Now, I know some of you this is new. I know some of you Pentecost is, is a different deal altogether. But let me tell you, Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He also said, the water that I give, if any man drink of this water, he'll never thirst. This is not, that's not just talking about man. That's talking about mankind. That's talking about the thirsty soul. That's talking about the hungry soul. If you would open up your hearts today, if you would come down to this altar, if you'd make your way down here, to the front and let somebody pray for you. You can receive that, that water from heaven that will deliver you from any addiction, that'll set you free from any sin, that'll kick the devil off your back and preach life in your thirsty soul.
God one moment. If you just give God yes. your offering and let Him come in. Come on. 